I know you guys are here today uh, to talk about uh, the 2022 draft. I also know that everybody, you guys have jobs to do and everyone's very curious about uh, Debo and what's going on there. Um, you know, I, I would ask for your guys' understanding and, uh, you know, a little perspective that, um, you know, I'm not going to talk about that much today because I don't think that's productive. I don't want to speak on behalf of Debo and, and his team. And uh, I think it's non-productive um, for, for us to be, to be talking about things. I've always, think, I've always thought, having been on the other side, and I've shared this with you guys, there's a sanctity to those conversations rem uh, remaining private. And, and that's always how we've operated and will continue to do so um, in, in, uh, in this situation. So, you know, as you guys, as we move forward, I'm sure you have questions. Just understand, please, that I'm just not going to go there because I don't think it's uh, – I always have to ask myself in this job, you know, what's in the best interest of, of our organization. I don't think it's the best – uh, interest of, of our organization um, or anyone to uh, to be to be speaking on that. So it's um, kind of where I'm at on that. Welcome to the oh, hey there. podcast episode 41. We are in draft week. We are in Debo Samuel watch. We are on Jimmy Garoppolo trade watch. Still, uh, you just heard it. John Lynch's comments opening up the show. What do we take from John Lynch? Who knows? But we are back again here. Leo, what is going on, buddy? How are you? How are those Mavs looking right now tonight? Mavs tonight, they're uh they're actually up here fifteen going into the second half, but I what I wanna talk about is Kevin Durant. What like dude, you just got swept. You got swept with Kyrie, so I find that whole topic interesting. Left the Warriors because he didn't feel like one of the core guys by the fans. Yeah. So he dipped. Uh he wanted to be more loved. Um, and now he's going to be watching the Warriors in the playoffs while he has to deal with Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons. Good luck, KD, into the offseason. Um, I'm sure you're going to need it. Sounds like a headache. I wish I had your <laughs> bankroll, but not your problems. Uh, yeah, I don't feel bad for Kevin Durant. I'm not even a Warriors fan, right? The Bulls are 3-1 and one in, their, in their series. They're probably going to lose. Uh, I think they play Wednesday night, whatever it is. Uh, it's a lot going on in the Bay. The Warriors should have swept on Sunday, but it is what it is. They'll probably win this series uh, coming up in the next couple of days. And then, of course, the Giants are 12-5. and five. Yep. Uh, Another another series win, I think it was against the Brewers tonight. So it's a lot of single, good. Single game series. Oh, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Hey, a win's a win. Um, but a lot going on in the Bay, and we just heard it. John Lynch, Debo Samuel. Let's not talk about him, guys, in the in the face of 49ers media, which, look, I like John Lynch. I really do. I think he's an awesome – he seems like an awesome human being. But asking the media to not ask him questions about Debo Samuel, to me, just felt a little thing – you know, felt a little iffy. I didn't like the way he, he started that conversation. It was like, you know, I've been great with you guys, you know, since I've been here, you know, have some perspective, blah, 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 like a quid pro quo type of situation. Uh, you know, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Don't ask me about the Zebo Samuel situation. But I'm glad the 49ers B-Riders did step up and ask some of these questions that needed to be asked about Debo Samuel. Uh, it is a sensitive and delicate subject, according to Matt Mayoko. Uh, we've talked about it last week. Uh, did it with you were sick, sick Leo. So Andrew Pasquini filled in, and we we both had we both graded this as a zero concern with Debo Samuel and. 
Now I think my concern is probably at a five, maybe a six, since we out are what, three day, out of ten. Since we are three days away from the NFL draft, and not very much of what Kyle Shanahan, I'm sorry, what John Lynch said today was reassuring that Debo Samuel would be on this roster um, come week one. Now I know he said he was asked, "Do you foresee Debo Samuel on this roster?" He said, "Of course," and he left it at that. But a lot of the other stuff, he just didn't want to get into the details, which makes me think. Somebody said something to Debo that pissed him off enough to where no one is talking. I've been reading the tea leaves with Tim Kawakami, who has suggested clearly that Debo wants to get paid close to $70, $75 million in fully guaranteed money, and the Niners are kind of in that $45 million you know, ballpark, you know, basically a two-year type of deal, and Debo's looking for something a little bit more long-term. And I'm not saying that, Debo wants, or the Niners want a two-year full deal. The Niners probably want like a four-year, five-year deal, but with outs after the second or third year. And Debo's kind of looking at it like, hey, you want to use me this certain way, you're going to have to pay up. And I agree with him that, you know, if you're going to risk his body and risk his usage and risk him, you know, having to carry the team like he did last year, you got to come pay this guy. And I've been very consistent with how this contract should look and what the way it would look is, you know, we had it. We had it. We talked about it last week. Devontae Adams got twenty-two point eight million dollars at signing. Uh, Tari Kill got fifty or fifty-two million at signing. But both their contracts, when you break it down practically, are both under twenty-four million dollars average annual salary. So I don't see. I'm just trying to figure out what the issue is here. Do the Niners not want to pass that fifty-five million dollar mark in guaranteed dollars for Debo Samuel? That's what it feels like to me, and I don't blame them to an extent because. Using Debo Samuel as a 77 reception guy and, and 59 rush attempts is not a recipe for success. And I kind of look at it in the Christian McCaffrey light or the Alvin Kamara light. Those guys' usage is through the roof, and both of them have sustained injuries and missing a lot of time. And I, I get it. Um, but I just I just don't know where they're going from here. And maybe maybe what Kyle or John, John was saying today was, look, I don't want to trade him, but you know, we might have gone to an impasse where, hey, we're not trading him. I can't foresee the Niners without him. But you guys might have to up the offer because I listened to Adam Schefter's podcast this morning. He basically said 35, 38, and 69 is a non-starter for the Niners in any trade with the Jets. So maybe what Kyle or what John was saying today was, hey, up the offer because at this point we were probably just going to go ahead and, and figure something else out with, with the wide receiver position. For sure, it's a non-starter. What has more value? Picks this year, where you know they're going to land. I'm talking about first round. Where you know they're going to land. Um, you're going to get an idea at this point who's probably going to be on the board, albeit, you know, surprises. Uh, like a Brandon Hayuk, uh, kind of, kind of, you know, in 2020. Or next year where you have no idea where teams drafting you don't know if it's top 10 you don't know if it's top 20 you don't know if it's you know the bottom five in the first round i think this year's first round picks have more value don't you agree yeah it just depends on where they're at you know obviously yes i don't want to pick 29 for debo samuel you know what i mean yes so if you're if if the starter is pick 35 by the jets why would you take that if you're the 49ers wouldn't you rather get a guaranteed top 32 pick? Say, give me next year's one. It doesn't have to be that conversation with the Jets, but it could be a different team. Give me a next year's one. 
and that next year's one, you don't know if it's in the top 15, it could be a top 10, and you, you get a home run out of it, essentially, if it's top 10. Um, so yeah, 35 is is a non-starter. It's like, dude, you serious? Like, not, not even a first. Like, he's literally coming off an all-pro season, and you're not getting a first in return. Um, with the Debo Samuel situation, it, it can't be DeForest Buckner. It can't be a one-for-one situation. It, it can't be that that 13th overall pick um, like they did with DeForest Buckner. It, it cannot be that. You got to get more value out of it because what are you going to do? Also, it's like, what are you going to do with that pick? Because now, guess what? We don't look at it as trading DeForest Buckner for a first anymore. We look at it as we traded DeForest Buckner for Javon Kinlaw. So it's exactly. just so much pressure on that single draft pick to be the guy. To, to have a successful career, to be a cornerstone player of the 49ers like Debo Samuel currently is. Um, so, it, yeah, it's it's if it does, you know, say happen, I think you need to get multiple picks. Um, it's it's got to come to a, a certain value. I know they have the draft pick. I think the Jimmy Johnson draft value pick chart, yeah. sheet. Yeah, the value chart. It's got to it's got to come down to whether how many first how many how many seconds how many thirds you get i think that value they need to get that value to be a top 15 pick leo why you're why you're on the why you're on the value point the points right so rich samini put it out there a couple days ago pick 10 equals 1300 draft points okay pick 35 38 and 69 equal 1315 draft points so i get the the idea behind the draft points here but with with the Niners, I don't I don't think any number of draft picks equals the actual value of Debo Samuel to this 49ers roster, to a developing Trey Lance, to you know what he has meant to this locker room. You know, we saw him single handedly last year carry this team to the playoffs. We can say that definitively. It was him and the defense. That's it. Um, this such being in this situation so strange. Like I would have never pictured this coming. I would have never thought we would be in this situation with Depot Samuel. He just felt like one of those guys that was going to be a 49er player for a long time, at least, you know, through a second contract. Because granted, the, he's 26. Like, okay, mid, you know, above, just a, a little, a, a quarter above mid-20s. Um, but yet, four years in, he just turned 26. So four years in, he's still 29 years old. So you have your age 26 season that he has not played, age 27 age 28, age 29, four years of that deal, he's below 30. And below 30 is where you want your your receivers to be, especially if they're taking a, a sizable cap hit. But my question is, I want Debo Samuel on this team, but what do you do if he doesn't want to be on this team? Like, what do you do if he's putting his foot down? Like, it, it feels like you have to trade him at this point. I understand that it can create a terrible narrative of, damn, Tebow didn't like the numbers he was getting. He said, trade me, and the team traded him. Maybe I should try that during my negotiations if I'm a Nick Bosa, if I'm a Brandon Ayuk when his time comes, if I'm a Trey Lance when his time comes. Maybe I should try that same technique. So I understand with the 49ers, you want to keep Debo Samuel on this team and you do not want to get it aired out of 
okay, if you don't like our offer, we can trade you somewhere else. Like, I think that creates bad business a la Jaguars, Jets, Giants, all these terrible franchises. That's what they have going on with their building. 49ers, we've been through, you know, some pretty highs. We've been some pretty lows. Right now, they're they're on the path of going towards a successful decade uh, of winning football. You don't want to you don't want anything to get in the way of that. How do we get here? And I don't want to take a negative stance towards the franchise, but I'm going to take a negative stance towards the franchise here. Um, part of me thinks Tory Dandy went to went to John Lynch and asked him, "Hey, what's your opening offer?" And Lynch. Lynch basically says, hey, look, we're not going to do anything until Jimmy's moved, right? And that, that should be something that's understandable from Debo Samuel in his camp. Um, but So Danny's probably like, hey, you know, well, just give me give me your gut feel on what, what we're looking at here. How can we, you know, where do you think we're going to start? And I'm going to go reference the Tony Pauline um, article through Pro Football Network where the number was $19 million per year. And Danny's like, no, nah, that's a non-starter. If it ain't $25 million, we ain't showing up. And we saw Debo Debo's Instagram, not Debo's Instagram, but one of his buddies' Instagram from QC Media, you know, echo that same sentiment. Um, you know, and from a non-starter, then he's not going to, you know, that anything under 25 is a non-starter, and he's not going to show up for any activities. So we haven't seen Debo, we haven't seen anybody at activities. I mean, players are there, but the Niners haven't really released anything, probably because they don't want any more internet backlash on the Debo Samuel situation. But, you know, Dandy's probably like, hey, look, if, until then... No uh, voluntary activities for Debo. He's not showing up. No big deal. Lynch probably is just like, hey, that's a, that's a bad example and is bad for leadership. Points to how Fred and, and Kittle handled the situation, and Debo probably takes offense to it because he carried the team for the year. right? I feel like there's something personal here because if it's not about the money, if it's not about the usage, it's not about the location, somebody said something to him or his camp that set him off. right? And this goes back to the Niners have, yes, they've gotten these deals done with George and Trent, but we all know George Kittle and his agent went public about the negotiations for Kittle, that it was a massacre. They were offended. They were insulted by those things. We all know Trent Williams had to call Kyle Shanahan because the Chiefs' offer was better than the Niners' offer. Like, these things are... At some point, you have to come correct the first time with your star players. Right, especially what we witnessed last season with Debo Samuel. Now I get it. Some folks think he hasn't proved it all. Of course he hasn't. He's he's only played three years, right? Two and a half, essentially. Two and a half, right? But what what he's shown you when he has played is that he is a monster on that field, and he is a humongous asset to your franchise, whether that be with Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, right? And since you have Trey Lance, and this transition to Trey Lance is happening. We'll get to that in a second. You should keep your best players around your second-year quarterback, who essentially is a rookie because he only had two starts in the NFL. He's got 10 quarters of NFL action. So why not Why not just go ahead and push your chips all in the table here for a guy like Debo Samuel? Now, I understand the questions around his injury history. I understand the questions around his usage, etc. But this also goes back to you know, would Debo Samuel have been used this way had Marheem Mostert been healthy all season? In my opinion, the answer is no. Because you're not going to give the ball to Debo if Mostert's going to be stretching the defense the way they were. We all saw what Debo was doing with that stretch outside zone. He was stretching the defense horizontally. 
the same thing Mostert was doing. And now, or during the season, Elijah Mitchell couldn't do that. We, we heard from Elijah Mitchell today. He had a cleanup of his knee towards the back end of the year. I think we both, we both knew and reported that he had sprained MCL. Sprained sometimes is a little bit of tear. He had it cleaned up, right? You saw that towards the end of the year. He was banged up. These running backs take a beating, so I don't blame Debo Samuel for not wanting to be a running back in this offense either. Um, I'm kind of on the player side with this situation because it's at the end of the day, you don't let a guy like that walk out the door over money, especially when you have it and you can afford to do it because you have a young quarterback on the roster who is going to be your starter in 2022 and forward. Pay your A players because they end up they pay your A players because they're going to play like A players like they did down the stretch. And Debo Samuel deserves all the money. He deserves all, deserves all the money that they, they plan on giving him or some other team's going to give him. We'll see what happens here. But what's your gut feel? Do you think they pay him or do you think they trade him? Bro, it's... I think they should pay him. Uh, I think they need to pay him. He makes any offense in the NFL better. He makes any team in the NFL better. Um, It's weird because I... I I have two things about what John Lynch said. You don't let players like Debo walk. Well, yeah. So does that mean he's going to get traded? Because he's not essentially walking. You're getting value back. You're you're retaining something out of Debo Samuel. He's not just walking out of your building. And then he also mentioned where Debo was selected in his draft pick. That it was great value for what he's became in the NFL. Okay, John, why why are you reminding us that he was a 36 overall pick? Is it because you're going to get something better than that? And you're talking about the value that you invested in the 36th pick now got you the 10th pick? Like, why are we talking about his selection with that? And... When John said, I don't think it benefits anybody by not talking about the situation, I don't think that's true. I think it would have benefited Debo Samuel if John Lynch came out and was just straight up about the situation. If you came out with the whack offer, unofficial, verbal-type offer, um, because from what we understand, there was no official offer on the table for Debo to sign. All of it was just verbal conversation, from what we understand. Um... So if you came out with something whack, just own it. Like, you know, we didn't like own that. You didn't give him an official offer for him to sign, like own it. Um, Cause it seems like a lot of that is frustrating Debo Samuel. And I think it would have been beneficial for John Lynch to just be straight up on the behind the scenes that they essentially have yet to take care of Debo Samuel financially. They have yet gave him an offer that secured him. Um, an official offer, like just say what it is. Cause I feel like Debo Samuel's the type of dude to gain some respect that way. Like, damn, this team just put themselves on blast for me. They put themselves on blast. They owned up to it. You gain a little more respect that way. When you mess up in a relationship and you beat around the bush and don't want to admit your fault. Does your partner gain more respect for you? No. Are they all of a sudden not going to be mad at you anymore? No, they're still going to be pissed off because you beat around the bush and you didn't own your mistake. And, you know, and for people who are listening, they're going to be like, who who says the Niners made a mistake? But 
I'm just looking at I'm just piecing it together here. Like they did something. Something happened here. If Debo Samuel requested a trade that came from 49ers messed up. Yep. 49ers messed up. Um if you're taking care of your player and you're a contending team, like this team went to two NFCs, like Debo Samuel been into two NFC championships in his career. The two seasons he played more than ten games, NFC championships, Super Bowl appearance. Like this dude's winning, and you know he's he's, he's a, a football guy. He's a weapon. And did the 49ers use him being a wide back in negotiations as well? Probably. Because his his whole conversation was always, I'm open to it, whatever helps the team win. As a as a player, you want to touch the ball. You want to get the most opportunity you can. But did they use that against him in negotiations? I think so. Now it's coming out that Debo don't want to be a wide back. He just wants to be a receiver. Like, did that come out in negotiations? Like, how did we get here? Yeah, so Mamioko said something. Uh, I was listening to his, his reaction after the press conference. He just says, uh, he said that Debo Samuel is kind of an emotional guy. I think we all understand that, which is fine. Um, you need emotions in this game. But he also mentioned that Debo Samuel is probably not the most patient guy, and I think that's part of the problem here. He wants something now, wants something as soon as possible. And, you know, for the Niners, I understand they want to do things between July and August. You know what, sometimes you don't have to do those things in July and August. Um, you can do them right now, right? You have the ability to do it now, so do it now. I want to read something from Tim Kawakami that was pretty interesting real quick. It's in The Athletic, so if you have an athletic uh, membership, uh, go ahead and check this out from Tim Kawakami. He says, the 49ers can't say that the trade is impossible because the 49ers, I'm told, have essentially decided that they're not meeting Debo's contractual terms, at least right now. The 49ers have anticipated, uh, the 49ers have anticipated Debo's unhappiness for some time. This isn't some major revelation for Lynch and Shanahan. Oh, sure, the public trade request in April probably wasn't quite in the 49ers' calculations. But my understanding is that the 49ers and Debo both haven't loved the tenor of the talk so far. Was Lynch surprised that the situation got this intense right now? He said, sure, Lynch said, but that's life. You've got to work through it, through things, so that's what we intend on doing. Now, he, Kyle Kami continues on. He says, for context, I believe the disagreement is about guaranteed money. Debo likely wants a guarantee that equals three or more years at top receiver salary, something close to $72.2 million in guarantees that Tyreek Hill just got after his trade to Miami. The 49ers likely wanted to limit want to limit that to a guarantee equaling two years at the same rate of $45 million or so. So I was right in what I said earlier in the show. I've kind of been on the, you know, I've been hitting the nail on the head here with this contract with Debo Samuel. $72.2 million in guaranteed money for Tyreek. That's the practical guarantee, right? Those are like, he's got to hit some incentives and extra stuff like that, but he signed 52 of that. I mean, he got that at signing with, uh, with the Dolphins. So, you know, that's that's the number. That's the benchmark. The Niners need to figure this out. If they trade him on Thursday, hopefully it's for a haul. Um, if they were to trade him, let's just say hypothetically, Leo. Real quick. Go ahead. I think it's unfair to call Debo impatient for this deal to happen. I agree. You know why? 2020, that offseason, going into the season, you know, after the Super Bowl loss, Working out, going into the 2020 year, Debo Samuel was working his tail off in, in Houston. Went to go meet up with the team in Tennessee. What happened? Broke his foot. Missed the first three games of the season. What happens if Debo trains this offseason again? Something happens. 
and he's got to miss time. Is his bag still secured? Is he still going to get his top pay rate? Or are the 49ers going to, you know, man, you're, you're injured. Here's the offer based off of that because, you know, we got to get we got to get something, you know, out of this year one of this new deal that helps us out since you're going to be missing time. Like when you already had an offseason injury just two years ago that made you miss the first three games of the season. Who knows what happens these next weeks? I'm just saying, like, I'm going to if I'm going to go train my tail off. I want to be secure just in something happens. I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. I don't blame any of these players for wanting to get the bag right away. Yeah, it's not impatient. It's just go get your money. I don't. I don't know. Niners operate kind of funny. Um, speaking of operating funny, John Lynch was asked about Jimmy Garoppolo and his future with the team or not with the team. Let's get to John Lynch. Jimmy, uh, you know, Jimmy is is um, working hard in the in the rehab process. Um, you know, he did his surgery down in in Los Angeles and is doing the rehab down there. Uh, we've been in contact with his representation and, you know, and, and in communication with him. I think the progress is good. So he's tracking kind of right where we said, right, you know, towards uh, throwing towards the end of uh, of uh, June and, and then ramping it up from there. So, you know, that's uh, that's where that's at. Kind of scenario where you see him still on the Absolutely. You know, I said at the owners meetings, uh, you know, guys like that don't fall out of trees. He's a good player at a at a position where, um, you know, that they're hard to find. And so, um, you know, you you certainly don't just give guys like that away. And and we can we can I guess foot the bill if you if you want to describe it as that. And so, um, you know, we'll be patient with that one. <laughs> John, 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 John. He's. Jennifer Lee Chan asked, is there a scenario where you see him still on the roster? And he said, absolutely. I get it. I get it, John. You're not fooling anyone here about this Jimmy Garoppolo situation. We had Michael Lombardi. We didn't have him, but Michael Lombardi came out recently with an article on his podcast basically saying that Kyle Shanahan was at the owners meeting asking other teams why aren't you interested in Garoppolo? Newsflash, Kyle, you told the league you didn't want him. So, of course, no one's going to be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, what are we doing here? Like, what? You're not fooling me. And some, like, I, what I, what, you know what irritates me the most about some of the stuff that comes out of like John Lynch and Kashi in his mouth? And it, it, it feels like they're insulting the intelligence of this fan base. This is an intelligent fan base. We understand the cap. We understand most of the, everything going on with the team. It's one of the smarter fan bases in the NFL. Like, you can't pull this stuff over on a lot of us. Like, we know what's going on here. We can figure it out. We can read. We can see the writings on the wall. You did what you did to get Lance, and you're still over here posturing for some offer that doesn't exist because you didn't get any, which he also talked about. The, the, the conversations never even got that far. There's a reason they didn't get that far. Like, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't fall out of trees. Yeah, he's a he's a... He's a serviceable starter. No one's going to pay him $25 million at this point. That's part of why no one's trading for him. The injury, the money, and his play. For that, you just go draft one of these guys and hope they hit. What the hell does he mean you don't just give one of those guys away? He's talking about Jimmy like he's a Kirk Cousins. 
You do it when it saves you $25 million and you have Trey Lance on the roster. That's when you do it. Let's not pretend like you're going to go get a first or a second for Jimmy. What are we doing, guys? Like, it's not there. They're never going to get it. Stop stop playing hardball. If the Panthers don't get Malik Willis, it's not like they're going to go give you the first that you want. It's not going to happen. They have Sam Darnold's contract already on the books. They got to... The, yeah, they um, they could get around to paying both of them, but then that's, that's dumb as hell. No one's going to do that. <laughs> they like, we, we've talked about it their their valuation chart on this Jimmy Garoppolo situation has been weird for two years because this is John Lynch's deal getting Jimmy Garoppolo was John Lynch's deal he's the one who told Kyle hey Jimmy Garoppolo for a second we kind of got to do it here we're looking terrible at the quarterback position we kind of got to do it here and they did it yeah it was great value you know what he gave you for that second round pick value. Yeah, value. But now that I'm just annoyed about this whole situation, <laughs> I'm over that great value to where I'm like, if you didn't get the guy in the first place, you're, you're going to end up with the number one, number two overall pick, and you're drafting Josh Allen. Yeah. So now that's where I'm at with this. I'm so annoyed about it. I'm, I'm not even giving the pick value anymore. Now I look at it as you lost Josh Allen and you're, and you're still unwilling to move on. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand what their the thinking. Heck? I don't. I don't understand their because thinking with this. We know Kyle would have took Josh Allen. He's just, he said Kyle as much. Said it, yeah, uh, yeah. If Kyle said if Josh Allen was there in 2017, he would have taken him in 2017. So if the 49ers never traded for Jimmy Garoppolo, he never goes on that five game winning streak. This team never finishes six and ten. They never draft Mike McGlinchey. They draft Josh Allen instead. Yeah. So it's just like now I'm at now, John. You're fucking the situation up. Sorry, Rob, but now I'm not giving you credit for that value that you got for that second round pick. Now I'm saying you're the reason why this team doesn't have Josh Allen. Thank you, John. Yeah, I mean that's you know we can go back because that's a, that's how the timeline worked out. Because in 2017 they they were 0 and 9 Halloween night. They go and make the trade. They win the five games. They go from being a top three pick to a top ten pick now, right? And that changes the direction of the franchise. And the same thing goes into the 2017 or 2016 49ers who went two and 14. You know, that last win with Kaepernick under center against the Rams, that cost you Miles Garrett, right? They would have been 1-15. They would have had the number one overall pick and would have got Miles Garrett. But it is what it is with that 49 with the way the 49 with the way the history of the team has worked out. I mean, I I can't complain Damn, too so much. John Lynch, John Lynch and Jimmy Garoppolo, what a combo. They costed us Josh Allen and a Super Bowl. Sheesh. Potentially, yeah. And and DeForest Buckner? Because you know if they if they draw if they don't get Jimmy they draft Josh Allen Jimmy Garoppolo's contract's not on the books the Forrest Buckner gets extended and then you know then you go down the real rabbit hole you don't have Bosa you don't have yo I'm gonna I need it's, a shot now what the hell am I doing to myself <laughs> it's a really oh my God. it's a really weird it's a really uh, unique conversation when you really start to dig what all the way down hole. um where they are where they are right now they're not in a terrible place so i don't want this whole podcast to be feel like we're all negative i think they're in a good place i think the roster's strong i think they still have holes i don't i do not agree with Kyle with john lynch's assessment that you know we we don't have too many holes yet you don't have two you don't have 15 but you got three or four that are like okay let's let's fill these with some good players in this draft and maybe maybe jc treader's available cuz we don't know what the hell is going on with alex mack and by the comments of John Lynch today, I think Alex Mack is going to retire. Um, the McGlinchey stuff, 
I think we're in good shape there too. And John Lynch saying that this center, the responsibilities, isn't complicated. John, we saw 2020. <laughs> Daniel Brunskill can't. He he doesn't have the IQ to play center in the NFL. Let's not act like like this offense isn't complicated at the center position. Come on now, Kyle's you know it about is. That, yeah, a lot. That yeah. You know you know it is. Come on, John. I almost feel bad for John, right? John could have had $15 million a year to go <laughs> to go do call Thursday Night Football, and instead he chose to uh, stay in the fire and, and, and uh, you know, be the general manager of the Niners. So, so yeah, with the Alex Mack thing, we don't know. We, it sounds like he's going to retire. It makes a ton of sense. Um, I think Brad posted it on the SF Niners that there was a box on his locker. Yeah, if you go back, if you watch the IG story of Juwan Jennings, John Juwan Jennings is shooting uh, shooting some baskets in the in the locker room. Jimmy Garoppolo's locker is empty with no nameplate on the top of it, and the locker next to it is Alex Max with a huge box and a trash bag. I don't know what that means, but throughout this process, we cannot dismiss social media at all with what's going on out there now. Whether I don't think Juwan was intentionally trying to show those things. I think Juwan was just showing off his basketball skills in his IG story, but. Um, the Alex Mack thing, I feel, I feel like, I think we've all felt like this was coming to that end. You know, if he's going to retire, he's had a, he's had an amazing career. He's possibly a Hall of Fame center. Um, so it's time for them to move on. And I think, and I'm, I've been one of those guys who's been asking for a center for two, three years now. You know, go get a center that you can build with Trey Lance. Like you want to have, you know, the Jeff Saturday and Peyton Manning connection, right? Like get, give me something like that. Let me get a center who's going to grow with Trey. So I, I'm all, I'm all in on that. The other positive we spoke about a few weeks ago as a negative was what's happened with Mike McGlinchey. Mike, one, looks looks healthy, looks very, very healthy, looks thick with two Cs. Um, so that's a plus. If he if he's moving well, I can trust that. He's been running and showing McGlinchey. videos. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so maybe they don't go tackle early in the draft. Maybe they can just address that later on. I think they're still going to address the offensive line with – I think they take two offensive linemen in this draft somewhere – early and then one probably that sixth round seventh round because it is a deep draft um so those are some positives here um and then we got to figure out this safety thing Tavarius Moore Fred Warner was complimentary of him but I am not in that ballpark or, or camp of saying hey that's the guy and we all know how I feel about Hufanga so I'm hoping for Jaquan Brisker to fall to 61 or something crazy happening Niners move up early into day two and, you know, go snag one of these safeties. Uh, but you and I spoke earlier today. There's a guy you like, JT Woods. I went back, watched a little bit of the Baylor tape. I like he likey as well. I've been liking him. Maybe he's a guy at pick 105. At pick 133, you can get him there. So this draft is going to be interesting for the 49ers because I think this draft is very deep and it's condensed in the middle of it. You know, pick 95 through... 160 is probably the meat and potatoes of this draft. And you can get some yeah, really sure. good players in this draft there. Um, how do you think this draft lines up? You know, we won't be back until after the draft. We're going re- to recap all the players that are taken. Niners pick at 61, mm-hmm. 93, 105, 133. With those first four picks, what positions do they go? John and Kyle, they always value interior, whether it's offensive line, defensive line or just linemen in general. Um, so 61, I think they go offensive line. I think you look at Parm, 
Parham um, out of Memphis. He's able to play multiple, you know, he, he has significant amount of snaps across the offensive line, whether it's left guard, right guard. Um, I think the 49ers are going to love that. Same thing with the Donovan West out of Arizona State. He started at right guard, started at left guard, started at center this past year. 49ers are going to love that. Arizona State, you know Herm Edwards and John Lynch, that they're going to have that connection. Um, so they're, 49ers are going to have really good insight on him. Brandon Ayuk was also a teammate of his. Uh, so, And then Cole Strange, that was on your fourth and gold podcast. I think he's another guy that plays multiple positions inside the interior offensive line. And I'm saying interior offensive line because what we got out of, you know, this whole Alex Mack, it looks like he may not be back. And if he is back, I think you need to upgrade the right guard position anyways. I love me some Daniel Brenskill, but looking at the analytics behind it, um, you need an upgrade there. And then you got to get a starting safety if you're the 49ers. Um, because I'm... We saw the blown coverage by Tarverius Moore. I think he was, I think he was allowed seven touchdowns in 2020. That's a lot. I like Ufunga as an inside the box safety. You know, it, for three safety sets, not two safety, three safety sets. You want to bring in Ufunga, get more of an athletic kind um, of linebacker ish style play in there. Yeah, let's do it. Um, but I don't want. We know this defense, they go in and out between high safeties with Jimmy Ward because sometimes you want him to come in and, and play a little bit of nickel. Um, so I would love Brisker. I just don't know if that happens. Nick Cross, I want to like Nick Cross, but I have a fear that he's a little bit of Tarverius Moorish, um, where he's got all the speed in the world but tends to be a tick slow on things. Um, and then, like you said, JT Woods out of Baylor. Uh and then you got to I th- I think this team's okay if they don't address the nickel corner position in the first two days. I think they like they like Diamador Lenore. And something tells me that they're okay to have Lenore go ahead and compete at that position with Dante Johnson for the starter spot. Something just tells me that they're okay with that. Like whoever wins this out of camp. Um which I don't find it as the best strategy, but I'm just saying that's the vibes I get out of it. Um, I do think they address another edge rusher and potentially on what, you know, where they feel out at this wide receiver position, because even if Debo's on this team and say Ayuk or, or Debo himself missed time for whatever reason, like who's your X, who's your Y, like what are you doing at wide receiver? It's pretty thin. So I, I think it would be smart for them to, in such a deep wide receiver draft, get get one of those caliber guys. Um, so I'm going to say, and we know Kyle loves to invest in receivers. Long story, let me shorten it for you. Interior offensive lineman, safety, wide receiver, edge rusher. Not in that order, but I think those are going to be the four positions. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on the four. Um I spoke to Leon O'Neill, Sean Ryan of UCLA, Cole Strange, and um, Khalil Shakir. Each one of them said they've met with the Niners. Each one of them said they had a really good conversation with the Niners. A couple of them said they had extensive conversations with the Niners. 
take that for what it's worth. Um, this draft, we I think we've been we've said it since. Well, I, I know I've said it uh, since the beginning of the season. The Niners need to address a safety spot because we knew Tart wasn't coming back. We knew that early on. We knew that back in before the season started. That was it. Tart was getting one year, and that's it. So they have to go safety. I, I really think this safety class is really good, but I also think you want to get yourself in on one of the top guys before you have to maybe find value later. Like if you can get a guy at 61 and, you know, I'm hoping and praying Brisker is there and not, you know, that's a selfish thing for me to say because I want the guy to get all his money. But at 61, that's a absolute steal for the 49ers. But I, I think there is a possibility that they would move up and maybe go try to grab one of these guys earlier. Cam Jurgens is a center out of Nebraska who has been working with Joe Staley. I think there's some value with having that type of inside information with Joe Staley about a player that he's working with. So that's that's a plus. Um, and then the other two spots, you know, I, I, of course, safety, safety and center are my top two. The Niners have set themselves up well in this free agency class. And I know they're not the big names, but they've set themselves up to where their biggest needs are center and safety. And then everything else in the draft, the other seven picks, they can probably go best player available. And my hope is that they go ahead and do wide receiver and an additional corner because I think your number one and number two corner are very important, but also three and four, you know, you never know with one of these guys they may go down or just you want to make sure three and four are set up pretty well. So I would go get another corner. Um, and then I think, I think an edge rusher is is ideal here as well, but you know the edge rushers past pick thirty six, you know they kind of fall off a cliff. You're looking at just depth piece guys who could put potentially develop into something more, but just based on early analysis that I've been done that I've done, you know Dominique Robinson out of Miami of Ohio, he's a guy that I like. Zach Pascal out of Kentucky, he's another guy that I like. Um, you know uh, the guy from UAB, I think his last name's White. Um, I've watched so many guys this offseason that, you know, I'm, they're starting to run together. But And I think I think taking another running back is valuable here because if you're going to keep Debo Samuel and he doesn't want to be utilized in that way, you should go grab yourself another running back because running backs in this Kyle Shanahan yeah. system uh, break down. And it's not because they have injury history. It's literally because it is a one-cut-and-go. You are going to receive contact in this run game. Um, so it is always best to invest in another running back whether they do that early or they do it late in the game, but there's a couple guys, Ty Chandler out of North Carolina, uh, the kid from Oklahoma State, That's solid my guy. I want him. Um, yep. You got you got other guys um, that are, as far as the running back goes, Brian Robinson, Alabama, uh, Zaquandre White of South Carolina. I do like Tyler Batty out of Missouri, and one of my favorite guys. That I don't think he's getting enough love. Haskins out of Michigan. He's one of the better pass pass blocking running backs in this draft. And then just one of my sleeper guys, Abram Smith out of Baylor. And then, of course, Jalen Warren out of Oklahoma State, who was already in for the visit with the Niners. So there's a lot of talent in this running back class that the Niners could probably wait until 202, 226, whatever they are picking. And, of course, we know the Niners have had success with undrafted free agents. I think that's one thing I will always commend them on. Their undrafted free agency success has been outstanding. From Kendrick Bourne to Aziz Al-Shahir, who just signed his uh, restricted free agent tender. Um, Matt Breed is another one. Of course, you got the Brunskill thing is an undrafted guy. They've done fairly well with identifying late, late talent and getting value out of them. Um, so this draft is still pretty interesting. I know there's no first-round pick, but maybe they get a first-rounder for Debo. Who knows? 
but day two should be interesting for the 49ers. Oh, absolutely. And the reason why, like, I do think they need a corner. I, when I do a mock draft, I usually select like two corners for this team. Um, but the corner's pretty deep that nobody talks about is you have a day three guy, probably. Um, Deron Bland from Fresno State, 6'2 frame. The guy runs a four fours. He he was a transfer. He played one year at Fresno State. He's a transfer from Sac State. He could play. I'll tell you that. He can play. And um, I think Daniel Jeremiah was the one who was like, oh, this guy would be a steal in the fourth round. Um, I'm not sure if he goes in the fourth round. He may go a little later than that. Um, but he can play. He's really good out of Fresno State. Deron Bland, as well as, you know me, Zion McCollum, another fourth-round guy likely. Like, you you can get two two corners there in the fourth round that are probably future starters in this league. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of talent in this draft and I think um like I said the meat and potatoes is in that middle part of the draft and I, I the Niners have had success there. Um shout out to their scouting department who've done very well with getting those guys mid to late mid to late uh in the drafts and we know the Niners have had success there. So to me, interesting next couple days. Hopefully, we have some Debo Samuel news. If anything breaks, of course, Rob Stats Guerrero will probably go live and have an emergency podcast if Debo is traded or something else happens that you know is revolving around the Niners. So stay tuned, stay locked in. There's a lot more to come this week. NFL Draft is Thursday. My guy Leo will be in attendance. Media credential. Whoop whoop. Uh, I was going wow. to be there. I had my credential. I tried to get the time off. Couldn't do it. So y'all hold it down out there. Make sure you're tuning in for Leo's coverage. Our guy, Jordan Elliott at Niners Nation. Of course, our other guy, Jason Aponte, who will be all there live tweeting from the media room and getting information out to you as fast as they can. Um, as always, this is, I'm Javi. That is Leo. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. Uh, me, personally, at Javervague underscore. And my guy, Leo, here at Leo Luna 93 And then, of course, make sure you're following everything at Niners Nation Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. We do appreciate everyone tuning in every day. Uh, stay tuned. We got a lot more coming, and hopefully this draft is a successful one for the 49ers. And I'm praying, and I don't even pray much, that Debo Samuel remains a 49er after day one of the draft. Because I think that is the hard line on this Debo saga. Uh, but until next week, everyone stay safe. Go Niners. Peace.